0: Welcome to HBW Insight's Over the Counter podcast. I'm Hannah Daniel, HBW's U.S. health and wellness reporter, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Over the Counter. You'll also hear David Ridley, EU senior editor for HBW Insight, hosting other episodes of Over the Counter. Together, we explore the latest issues in consumer health and cosmetics across the U.S. and EU we speak to industry experts and executives about market trends and hot button issues within the OTC, dietary supplement, and cosmetics industries. In this episode, I speak to Adam Ricciardoni, Global Head of Self-Care Research and Development at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health. Adam identifies four macro trends the company is observing worldwide, total wellness, sustainability, a focus on demographic shifts, and the tech acceleration of self-care. International Self-Care Day was last weekend on July 24th, so Adam walks us through some of J&J's new self-care technology and explains the importance of R&D in this industry. Finally, while self-care trends are similar around the globe, Adam explains why non-Western countries, particularly Asian countries, are quicker to adopt those trends than Western countries are. Well, Adam, welcome to the Over the Counter podcast. We're very excited to speak to you today.
1: Thank you, Hannah. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at Johnson & Johnson?
1: Sure. So I'm the Global Head of Self-Care Research and Development at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health. And so in this role, I lead R&D teams across North America, Latin America, Asia Pacific, and Europe, who are developing, and implementing all the innovations for our iconic, over-the-counter brands like Tylenol, Nicorette, and Zyrtec, and then more recently some of our nutritional brands like Zabi's and a brand in India called Orsel. So I've been with J&J for 28 years, which is a long time, makes me sound old, Um, first starting in Australia, um, and then I've most recently spent the last 11 years in Singapore looking after our Asia-Pacific region, and then I moved back to the US last year. I love the work I do, and I love the brands we work on, and and also the ability to sort of impact, you know, it's 1.2 billion consumers' lives every day, and it's from their very first breath, and then right through their life, we're with them to help them on their healthcare journey.
0: So you work on the consumer health side of Johnson & Johnson, and since International Self-Care Day is coming up on July 24th, I wanted to ask you about what kind of self-care trends are you seeing in consumer health?
1: Yeah. So within self-care, we're sort of seeing four macro trends. So the first one, no surprise, is this real shift towards health, hygiene and total wellness. And it's about consumers really taking a responsibility for their own health and wellness and wanting to be in control, want to be empowered to look after their health and wellness. We're also seeing this shift towards sustainability. And when we talk about sustainability, it's not just understanding the impact that our products and packages have on the environment but it's also understanding things like the role that climate change for instance plays and will impact public health and and particularly you know we're seeing it in europe for instance with those heat waves and the impact that that has on people's health so it's really moving beyond sort of this moral imperative to really becoming a major public health concern um, the third trend we have is sort of this increased focus on the population of the future and what that looks like and what that means for healthcare provisions, healthcare needs as population ages, as demographics shift. There's more urbanisation in in developing regions like Africa and Asia. So what does that mean? Plus the ageing population, like I said, and then the final one again, which is no surprise, is really this whole digitalization or tech acceleration or whatever the buzzword you want to put around it, but it's really this use of digital. And it's end-to-end, it's across the value chain. It it impacts the way we develop products, the way we manufacture and distribute, but it also impacts the way consumers interact with the self-care category. So they're really um, looking for solutions that are personalized to them, and they're getting more familiar and more comfortable with digital tools Things like all the wearables that we have that are tracking our every move and our sleep and what we eat and, and everything. Um, and then looking at how digital can help provide access and almost immediacy to healthcare. And, and when you think about some of the stuff we've done within J&J, like with Zyrtec, we developed the Allergy Cast app. So that allows people to um, to forecast their allergy symptoms and sort of prompts them to say, hey, you know what, today's going to be a high pollen day, so you might want to take your Zyrtec to help prevent allergies. And then more recently, we launched the um, the check product from Children's Tylenol, which is a it's a digital ear ear otoscope that you put on your phone. That allows you to take videos of your child's ear and then submit them to your doctor um, directly or through a telehealth platform. So, again, that's about immediacy and providing that access and giving the parent or caregiver that sense of control or that sense of empowerment. So um, they're sort of some of the the trends we're seeing, but they're they're the sort of the four broad macro trends that we see within self-care.
0: You mentioned demographics. Can you break some of these trends down by demographics? Are there groups of people, um, specifically ages, that you're seeing are falling into one of the four trends more than the other?
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, it's no surprise that it's really millennial consumers that tend to lead the way when it comes to adoption of these trends. And I was just reading a report and and I saw that like millennials are spending two times more than other demographics on self-care. And that's sort of this broad self-care definition. So it could include things like health and fitness services, but also um, the whole concept of of preventative wellness and and taking products, accessing services and solutions to help them control or take more control of their health and wellness. So we're definitely seeing that population really being early adopters into some of these trends. They're also, you know, they do tend to be more digitally savvy. So they're more familiar and comfortable with accessing digital devices, using digital devices, but then accessing the services that comes along with them. And so that, you know, again provides that sense of personalization. So really making sure that they see themselves and they're being treated as an individual rather than as a collective. So um, definitely I would say, you know, millennials and that that younger consumer, millennial parents as well, you know, when they're thinking about taking care of their family, um, they're really more readily adopting some of these digital tools and solutions and this whole trend around preventative wellness.
0: So can you tell me about the role that research and development plays in meeting the self-care needs that people have?
1: Yeah. So, look, I mean, I don't want to be biased, but research and development is critical. We, you know, it's where it all happens. But, you know, to be fair, it, um, innovation is is definitely a team sport. So it is something that we do collectively as a cross-functional team. Um, but when you think about the role of research and development and and within Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health, for us, our purpose and how we deliver our purpose is making sure that there's solutions That are grounded in science and that they're able to be endorsed by professionals so that really drives what we do but fundamentally it starts with the consumer and really understanding them understanding their needs understanding what they're looking for and and from that gleaning the insights that then allow us to develop the products and the the product ideas that come from that And, and with that we also want to take into consideration healthcare professionals as well, because they're also a key stakeholder for us. So what are the insights we can learn about healthcare professionals and how do we then build that into the products and services that we develop? And when you think about the trends and and this whole concept of self-care, if we sort of go back a few years, our category was called OTC. And OTC is just, it's a regulatory classification. It doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't talk to benefit or doesn't talk to outcome so this whole shift towards self-care is really allowing us to say you know let's let's take a much broader view and consumers are looking for that they they want to you this this rise of preventative wellness they want to take control of their whole health they want products that help them prevent disease or prevent illness they want products that help treat the disease and illness which is traditionally where we've played but then they're also looking for products that if they are sick then how does it, how do we help them get back to their optimal health? So that whole spectrum, we call this sort of this continuum of care from prevention through treatment through restoration, really allows us to broaden the aperture of, of who we develop for and how we develop products. And when you think about our portfolio, it's it's the traditional OTC products. So the the tablets, the liquids, the semi solids, et cetera. But then we also move into medical devices, and then we move into connected devices like the Smart Check digital ear scope. Um, and so that brings new capabilities, new development needs. And then you move into the whole nutritional space. And again, that's new capabilities. Um, and then it's about what do we do internally, but then also how we partner externally with large companies, with small companies, with academia, um, and really become agnostic to where we source the innovation. So, you know, for us, it starts with the consumer always at the center, but we really have this amazing scope to play when we talk about this broad self care self-care field and really making sure that we're understanding the consumer we're partnering with them on this journey and that we're moving beyond just a product but really building an ecosystem around them that really empowers them on this healthcare journey that they're on
0: i hope you're enjoying this episode of over the counter make sure to follow pharma intelligence on soundcloud spotify apple podcasts or google podcasts to get notified about the latest episodes Also, don't forget to check out our HBW Insights publication at hbw.pharmaintelligence.informa.com for all of the latest health, beauty, and wellness news. Now, back to the interview. So it sounds like self-care is less this kind of popular idea of like doing a face mask and taking a bath. And it's more of an all-encompassing, you know, you said journey of consumer health. So, you know, I mentioned International Self-Care Day and I want us to know if J&J is doing anything for it to celebrate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, International Self-Care Day is on Sunday, July 24th. Um, and so that's coming up very quickly. And it's really a, an opportunity for us to recognise the role of self-care and, and recognise the opportunity that self-care plays in empowering consumers to take health into their own hands. And when you look at, you know, WHO, for instance, talking about the role that self-care plays and how it can positively impact public health outcomes while also reducing what would be increasing demands on public health systems. So it's a critical day to really recognise the progress, but also to think about what else we need to do to help continue to improve the impact that self-care has on people's lives. And, and as I said, we know that consumers are looking for this more holistic approach. Consideration of their health, and so how do we continue to help them, help them do that? And and again, you know, we're really proud of the work we did on Smart Check from Children's Tylenol because that is something that you know is putting healthcare into the hands of digitally savvy parents and their caregivers, providing that access, providing that convenience to allow um, caregivers to to treat what can be a pretty major condition in terms of childhood ear ear infection in terms of prevalence and, and impact. It's huge, it's huge. It's like, it's the number one cause of, of childhood visits in, in the US. Um, and I think it's like 80% of children under three will have at least one um, one ear infection. So it's, um, you know, it, it is very prevalent and it is something that can be distressing for, for parents and caregivers and for the child as well. So how do we create a product that allows cu- consumers to, to really drive to diagnosis earlier, connect them to the healthcare provider, and then hopefully um, speed up access to care and to treatment as well. So it can improve outcomes, it improves access, and you can do it all at home, which also helps reduce some of the stress that goes along with having to take a sick child to a primary care physician or to a hospital or to a, a treatment area. Um, yeah, for us, self-care, as I said, it's, it's a celebration. It's recognising the progress, recognising the achievements, but then also thinking to the future and seeing well, what else can we do to really help empower consumers.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the smart check is one type of, you know, preventative health technology. But as I kind of mentioned earlier about self care being a new kind of trend, are we seeing a shift towards preventative care because of the pandemic or is it a trend that predated the pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And interestingly, we did see the shift before the pandemic. So we we were starting to see the growth of preventative wellness categories like, vitamin and mineral supplements, dietary supplements, those areas. Um, And this general sort of awareness and improving education and understanding of the role that preventative care can play in a consumer's life. But, you know, like a lot of trends through the pandemic, it just exploded. (laughs) And given all the news and and what what we're all hearing around the impact of the pandemic and and what we could do to try to prevent um, or minimize the impact, you know, people just embraced preventative wellness with, with, you know, everything. So we saw sort of explosion of, of growth in categories, high double digit growth in some of the categories. Um, and, you know, the other piece was particularly around the, the role that digital played as well, because there were issues with access, like people either couldn't get to primary care physicians or, or medical treatment because They were swamped by COVID patients, or they didn't want to because they didn't want to potentially expose themselves. So, this role that digital played in helping provide that connection and helping provide that access for consumers also became critical. And the other piece was like this there was this huge increase in health literacy amongst consumers through the pandemic. I mean, suddenly we were all talking about antibodies and rapid antigen tests and polymerase chain reaction tests and when suddenly people were becoming aware of germs and what they meant and how to prevent them. So you know, this you the pandemic sort of really created this um, impetus and this acceleration around many of the trends that we were seeing within self-care. But um, certainly preventative wellness, the role of digital really exploded um, through the pandemic.
0: So, you know, this is a consumer health publication that focuses on the U.S. and the EU. Um so I wanted to know kind of your insight about consumer health trends in Asia, Australia and how they differ from the ones that we will cover and see a lot in the west.
1: Yeah, it's a great question and interestingly those sort of four mega trends which I talked about earlier they're pretty similar in Asia and in Australia. It's really the, the sort of the the maturity of them, and the rate of adoption that is probably different. And that's what can vary by region. So, you know, take preventative wellness, for instance. If you go to regions like Asia, preventative wellness goes back millennia. Because when you talk about traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda in India or Jammu in Indonesia, I mean, these have been around for many, many, many years. And consumers are very comfortable and familiar with this whole concept of your total health and treating the body as a complete system and how do you take um, how do you take product to to help prevent illness or to help recover or to treat an illness. So um, you yeah, know we we've seen that for a long time, but it's really now sort of becoming more and more mainstream. And in many ways there's a lot of work going on to better understand why some of these things work. And almost sort of applying pharma-like rigor when it comes to development and understanding, you know, what is happening biologically, what is the mechanism of action, what are the specific chemicals in in maybe a traditional mixture that are helping to, to provide the benefit. So that's one area that's happening. And then, I mean, the other piece around digital tools, again, you know, you take a market like China and, and how quickly they adopted digital tools, um, digital health, you know, I'd have to say that would be ahead of many western markets and, and just the the comfort that consumers have using digital tools to access health products services get delivery of products access their healthcare professionals so you know i think as i said i think the trends broadly are the same it's really just the adoption um and maturity that we would say it would vary by region
0: Well, clearly your expertise and experience in the industry has really given you a breadth of knowledge and insight that I really appreciate you coming to share on the podcast today. And to finish off this episode, I wanted to give you the opportunity in case you wanted to leave our listeners with one last message.
1: Yeah, so look, I think, yeah. firstly, Hannah, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you. It's been great. And and you know, I think overall, we're really excited by the opportunities that self-care provides and, and the way that we can work and partner to really empower consumers to take control of their health, um, you know, partner with consumers, partner with healthcare professionals. And I think as an R&D professional, it's a, it's a really exciting future because it is about how we bring a lot of these new capabilities how we bring things like digital into the work we do but then also into the solutions that we create like like smart check so um yeah it's it's an exciting time to be in the industry yes there's been you know lots of challenges with the pandemic and and the impact that it's had on people's lives but i think coming out of it i think there's there's definitely this real um, opportunity to to positively impact like i said consumers lives help them take control of their health, um, and really look towards um, a healthier world moving forward. So, So very excited by what the future brings.
0: All right, well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast today.
1: Hannah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Over the Counter is a podcast by Informa Pharmaceutical Insights. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, check out HBW Insights. There you can find any articles that we mentioned in the podcast and other articles on the subject. This podcast and others by Informa Pharma Intelligence are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spotify Podcasts, so make sure to follow to get the latest updates on when new podcasts are published. Thank you again for listening, and be on the lookout for more over-the-counter episodes.